0: that I was in, I'd do anything to be better. I thought like a lunatic. You gotta just have like that little bit of hope that it will get better. You're gonna make it. This began my surrender. I am a witness of my own growth. It's life beyond your wildest dreams and I just have to say, it works if you work it. My story, that's what I share. You're listening to Far From Finished, a weekly podcast where we share new, real-life stories of hope and triumph told by the people who live them. Today's story comes to us from... Hi, my name is Alex Filoni. Um, my sobriety date is October 4th, 2014, and I'm also a graduate of Recovery First. I'm originally from Boston, Massachusetts, born and raised. I No one in my family is an addict, alcoholic, anything like that. So um, I was like a really good kid. I was really involved with sports, really outgoing. I had like a real like passion for life, and then, um, at some point, it just kind of like all changed. At one point, I went through. I had, um, oh, like a traumatic experiment, like experience, and then, you know, I didn't know how to cope with it or deal with it, and I started, you know, acting up, and then that resulted into, you know, more defiant behavior in school and then outside of school. I kind of just, you know, started hanging out with the wrong group of people. And one thing led to another and I just ended up starting to do drugs and, you know, it kind of took me away from everything, absolutely everything. I didn't even have like a passion for to live anymore. It was more like I was, wasn't, I wasn't living to use, as they say, like I was using to live at that point. Like that's the only thing that like kept me sane. For me, I was living in like one of my friend's mom's foreclosed homes and, and It was absolutely disgusting, but it's like crazy how like we we can adapt to those like situations when we're like in that. It's like we don't really care what environment we're in, but like I was living in this house and it was it was dirty, and I was just living with these people and like my drug dealer and all these like. It just wasn't a good environment, you know. But I still held up a job, so I had that face value like everything was fine, but then underneath it all like I was just falling apart I was very like malnutrition like I was like over 30 pounds underweight I didn't talk to anyone and um I had I gone through a couple I'm also a rape victim and a survivor that also happened during my addiction more than once and I got through it but um It's just not a really good place to be at that point. And it's crazy how comfortable I was living in that sort of environment. My rock bottom was more emotional than physical. Like there wasn't like a lot physically that I left. My family kind of like, they always stood behind me. Like my mom, I would talk to her every day just because I'm like, and my dad, I'm a total daddy's girl. So I was always talking to him, but it was more of, I didn't want to live anymore. like. I remember I got evicted from my apartment and ended up moving in with my boss and his wife. And I was using in their house, and the one thing that killed me was that their 9-year-old daughter kind of, you know, saw everything that was going on with me. She would find needles and, like, other drug paraphernalia, like, all around the house, and she was like, you know, like, what is this? And then, like, I had to explain it to her at that point. And um, I kind of got to a place where... They went away for a weekend, and I was at their house by their self, um, watching their daughter. And I stole my boss's wife's car, and she found out, and um, they kicked me out. And at that point, I had nowhere to go. I had no resources left, really. My parents cut me off, my siblings. I didn't have any friends at that point, and the friends that I thought I had were more of, you know, people who just wanted to use me for whether it was drugs or sex or money or whatever it was like they just wanted to use me and to get what they wanted out of it you know so then I kind of just said screw it I was like I can't do this anymore and it's either I'm gonna die and I was perfectly okay with that at that point I was like if I die like this I die like I'm happy with it or I could get treatment. And I was actually contacted by someone in Florida online and they ended up getting me down here and I went to recovery first. It's a really weird coincidence. I was on Facebook one day and I just got a random message. Somebody, I, I had no idea who it was. And it was kind of, in my mind, kind of like fate. Like I don't believe in coincidences. I believe everything like happens for a reason and they just um, just started messaging me, and they were like, hey, are you okay? And immediately, I just started to, like, break down and, like, freak out. I was like, no, like, I'm not okay. And that was, like, the first time I ever, like, told somebody that. And they talked me through it, and they told me, they were like, listen, I have a place if you're actually willing to do this. And I was really on edge because, truth be told, like, I didn't really know if I wanted to be sober or not, but at this point I didn't really have an option. So I was like, I'm gonna go for it and like give it a try because it's something like that I'd never tried before other than like multiple attempts on trying to get sober on my own. I just, I ended up down here like three days later. For me, it was like a lot of people say that they used to feel numb. I have a difficult time processing emotions sober. So it was more that, like, I used to feel something. Like, I was able to be emotional and connect with people on a deeper level when I was in my addiction. And when I got out, I couldn't, like, pinpoint what I was feeling. I Am I angry? Am I sad? Am I happy? Like, I don't know what's going on. And I had, like, a really difficult time in the beginning. And, like, the first, like, my first 30 days, it was really difficult. It really was. But I had a really good support system. I learned from like not only like in like one on one therapy and like talking to other people in recovery, people who were in the same exact place as me, like how to deal with that and how to get to know myself better than I already had thought that I knew myself. In my experience, like I tried so many different ways to try and get off it on my own and i would call myself sober but i'd be drinking or like off like heroin and like other drugs that i was doing but and it i always failed like i could never actually like stay sober and they always say like listen to people like look for people who like you want what they have and i saw that like all these people were laughing and having a good time and i was freaking miserable and hated the world and everyone around me And I finally just kind of like shut up and like listened and was like, all right, well, it didn't work my way. So I'll give it a shot. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, but I'll give it all I got. Just like I gave it all I had when I was using, I went balls to the walls for lack of a better word, went out in addiction. So like, why not try it in recovery? And then I actually tried it and I'm still sober. So something worked. Um, I am the creative director over at Stodzy, which is Tim's um, secondary company that works with Sober Nation. So um, like I love it. He's the coolest person ever and I love my job and I've met so many cool people and like he like really encourages us to like do the right thing and like create a network of people that you can actually talk to. And like he just really promotes like sobriety. He loves it. I mean, if you told me, like, two years ago that I'd be working for, like, one of the most known sober people ever, like, I never would have guessed, but it's absolutely amazing.